Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now, a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Al Gardner on the Rider Flex podcast. Good morning, Al. Good morning. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing all right. And where, where yes. are you today? I'm in Denver, Colorado. All right. Getting, we're recording this on uh, November 24th for the listeners, by the way. So one day before Thanksgiving. Uh, you're not going to work a full day, I hope, are you? Well, I won't say that because this may be published. And in, in, uh, I'll say, <laughs> sure, I'm a workaholic, Steve. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'll be here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Burning the midnight oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, this is, this is that day where uh, usually my wife will start start prepping some food, you know, early. And so I'm, I'm in yeah. there and I kind of act like I'm helping a little bit, you know, <laughs> do, do a couple of dishes here and there, you know, if I see the sink piling up, I grab some stuff and then I'm going to grab a glass of wine and then you know, take the trash out, maybe right, another glass, right. another glass of wine. Then, right. <laughs> <laughs> and you end up doing not too much, huh? <laughs> right. And then, uh, and then I'm usually on the couch crashing pretty early. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, it's um, funny. appreciate you, appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Sure. Sure. Walk us through Al, uh, the, the early years, some, some hmm. family stuff, uh, where you grew up, parents, siblings, yeah. you give us some of that if you don't mind. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, okay. uh, so I've been in Colorado now almost 20 years, right at 20 oh. years, so right. I consider myself a full Colorado at this point. Right. Um, uh, this interesting, I grew up in uh, a part of Houston called Third Ward. Um, Third Ward, okay. Third Ward, that's uh, Central Houston, and, and there I went to Jack Yates High School, and that school uh, became... Uh, the name on the on the map, unfortunately, for George Floyd, um, oh, who was okay. uh, a teammate of mine in, uh, during football. Really, so he wow. was a football teammate of mine. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was a year behind me, but uh, I remember him as a as a as a oh. teammate. So interesting there. But yeah, we uh, been here twenty years. Um, four siblings. Uh, yeah, four siblings. So, so you're a fifth. So you're uh, so I'm you're number two. You're number mm -hmm. two out of five. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. How many brothers and sisters? One brother, three sisters. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Mom, <laughs> mom, dad, still parents still in Houston. Uh, father pa is uh, passed away, uh, but my mother is definitely is still in Houston. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I got my tech bones uh, from my dad who. Was an early uh, uh, technical advisor and uh, worked for Southwestern Bell. If you remember that uh, from the Ma Bell oh, system in AT and T yes. for many years, yeah. Uh, so he was a tech guy. Okay, so that yeah. all right, yeah. All right. 
And you're, you're, were you in high school? Were you the straight A athlete? No, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> none of that. Uh, I got serious. I think my, um, my junior year. Okay. Uh, I got serious my junior year. Um, and, uh, graduated, uh, went to, went to college, um, attended uh, Wiley college, which is a, um, oh, yeah. yeah, an HBCU there in East Texas. Okay. Um, made famous by the movie The Great Debaters, starring Denzel Washington. Get <laughs> that far. Nice. Uh, why did you? Why yeah. there? Why that school? You know, um, I had some relatives that had gone there. Okay. Also, um, I had a friend of mine who had attended. It was, and uh, the classes were small. It was a smaller liberal arts college. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of wanted to attend an HBCU, just wasn't sure which one. Went to okay. Wiley, fell in love with it, and. Um, there was did you um were you did play sports there did you do some intramural nope. sports anything you know no sports and i think okay. thinking back on i think i played football because i could but i was never really passionate about it oh okay yeah my younger brother was really passionate about football um he played at smu for four years and you know cool. did some stuff post but not so i was more focused on actually journalism oh Really? Was that your major? Journalism. That was my major. Uh, how, uh, how does a journalism <laughs> major turn turn into an IT executive? I won't yeah. get into that, but okay. So <laughs> what did you think? Did you think you were going to be a writer, work for a newspaper? What was the early I, plan? I wanted to work on the backside of uh, news, producing news. Uh, I didn't really? want to be anchor. I wanted to produce and, and wow. to sit in, the, sit in the office and try to uh, make the news move. Where did that where did that little bug come from? How did that spark happen? Yeah, you know, I've always um, been sort of a news junkie, even as okay. a, even a, when I was younger, which is kind of weird. I've always been interested in newspaper and TV and how those stories evolved. When I got to school um, and majored in that, that's when it really started bubbling up uh, and I really enjoyed writing. I enjoyed the uh, responses that it, it invoked uh, from people. Okay. And um, that's where that kind of kind of came from. Okay. All yeah. right. Interesting. All yeah. right. Married, married kids, partners. What, how about your current, yeah. current personal life? I yeah. am married. Um, three children, all, all adults. So oh, no nice. cooking for me this year. <laughs> <laughs> You're empty nester, full blown empty nesters. Yeah. Now? Yes, I am. One granddaughter. Uh, Ooh, forget nice. her. Yeah. So yeah, my oldest daughter, uh, she's three. So yeah. Very nice. Okay. You are, they going to have, they're going to be over for Thanksgiving. You're going to see them. It may drop or? over, you know, they may drop over. I'll probably go see them so I can, uh, eat because, uh, my wife and I probably won't cook too much this year. <laughs> I got, yeah. isn't, it fun, isn't it great being an empty nester? I love it. I, uh, I, you uh, know, I mean, Hey, I, just, I love it. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. I, you know, I, there's no downside to me. I mean, they're right here in the city. I'm blessed to have all three of them here. <clears throat> all three of them are here so I can go see them and they can come over. But right. the house is quiet most of the time. It is wonderful. I it took me about six months to get adjusted, I think, really. But after I kind of found my rhythm and Kim and I kind of refound ourselves, right, to spend yeah. time on ourselves and spend money on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, I'm really good with it now. I'm amazed at how clean the house stays. Uh, <laughs> That's a really all, big point. 
I'm also amazed at how little money we spend. Like, like, like Kim and I could live off really not very much money. It's amazing yeah. how, how much less you spend when there's no kids. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Cause you're, it's a constant buying cycle, you know? So <laughs> yeah, I'm like you, I love my kids. And I actually, I actually, yeah. coincid coincidentally, I have one grand, uh, one granddaughter that's three years old as well. So, okay. Uh, I can, I can relate. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, very good. Walk me, uh, into, you know, walk us through kind of your early career and then how you, how you turned into, to an IT executive. Walk us yeah. through a little bit. You know, I started my career. It's funny. Got married, uh, fairly young. I uh, was young, actually got married first job out. I'll never forget a friend of my dad's. I was looking for a job at a radio station. I ended up taking a job at a radio station in Houston, a smooth jazz station. I was on late at night. As a DJ? As a DJ. I thought you wanted to work the backside. I did. <laughs> Couldn't get on anywhere. I took, okay. what, was, <laughs> I took what was offered. All right. Uh, uh, because I did radio in college <clears throat> okay. on our campus radio station. So I was like, ah, mm -hmm. I'll take this and keep looking for opportunities. Disney okay. bought the radio station. Mm -hmm turned us into uh, board operators so we would no longer have speaking parts we would mm. only be operating the board um i was like this is not gonna do it not to mention the money was very very low uh, then mm. it was mm. not uh, a big contract um friend of mine said i know where you can make more money you can come help me be an electrical helper electrical so, helper I, what an if, electrical I, helper i would be like yeah. what does that even what does that mean i don't know okay. <laughs> yes that's where i was <clears throat> basically you carry around my tools and i teach you how to be an electrician uh, okay i guess were you married at the time married kid oh right. to right had to right. had to had yep. to had yep. to make this go mm -hmm. did that worked there for about almost uh, right at a year he came across another opportunity and said, I know you don't really like this. Um, you want to make more money. This is in a technical realm. They have a job over here at Fisk Information Technologies. Take a job over here, make a little bit more money. Okay. By then, I think I had, I had two kids because my first two children are a year apart. Right. Needed to make more money. Got in there and became a cable puller. If oh. uh, anybody's familiar with the IT kind of bottom, you don't, that's kind of where you, that's ground floor, um, <laughs> pulling cat five and cat three All cable. Right. And, and, uh, from there really won't through run through everything, but from there, that was my start. Um, Interesting. and through the years have gained more, uh, um, you know, more opportunities and learn more, moved into network engineering and, uh, management roles. So could you, are you a programmer? Can you write code and stuff or no? No, I'm all infrastructure. My background is infrastructure, yeah. security, hardware. Yeah. Okay. So now at an executive level, when these guys come in to like string some cable underneath the desk and run it through the wall, you can relate. You can relate, right? You have empathy, you have empathy for them. <laughs> all right. Well, I definitely understand that piece for sure. Um, and, <laughs> and it does help, I, I think, to, to, to have that background because I, I understand really how the folks that work on my team, I understand what it takes for them to accomplish it from system engineer to network engineer. I've spent those late nights. I've been up. I know how it is to set up data centers and I can see where those experiences have come into play. Mm -hmm. And now at Inspirato as the VP of information technology and security. Um, first, uh, for the listeners, we do just a quick uh, overview on Inspirato for the listeners. Sure. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Inspirato is a uh, luxury vacation club. We're a hospitality 
um, um, organization, right? Okay. Um, not like uh, 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 Airbnb or anything like that. We fully operate um, these homes all around the world, um, and we focus on white glove service for our customers. So um, they're curated experiences from the time you, if you go to a house in North Carolina or you go to a home in Hawaii or Puerto Rico, the same level of service is is at each one of those homes. And that's what Inspirado, Inspirado is essentially. Okay. Um, and folks can join Inspirado um, and have access to all of our homes. Ah, is it like a monthly yeah. fee? Is it an annual there membership? There is. Okay. Yeah, um, we were one of the uh, industry pioneers, actually, for um, being able to do travel subscription services mm. uh, called Inspirado Pass. Mm. Um, and we've had um, very good response to that um, in the industry. Uh, is that, yeah. um, can, we, do you take care of all of my rental car, my flights and all that too? Or Everything. Just Ooh, Everything. Oh, so really? you, really? yeah, you get on the phone with our vacation planners and they literally run through every detail, mm. uh, as much detail as you would like. Um, as, as, um, as employees, we're able to take what's called fam trips, uh, where we actually are able cool. to go. It's been cool. So I've, it's, uh, it's, it's a fantastic experience. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, do, do you guys own the homes or you have a relationship with the owners and then there's something worked? Um, How does that work? A, a mix of both. Okay. Yeah. A okay. mix of both. And, and, and which has been to our benefit, um, obviously, um, this past year with the pandemic, um, you know, and travel was down, it enables us to the flexibility there to be able to adjust mm, to that. Mm. So it's a, it's a really smart way. I think that it was initially set up to have a, have a good mix of that. So if I want to, let's say my wife and I want to spend uh, four days in Santa Barbara or, uh -huh. or, or whatever, uh, I, I can I call you guys up. Like, look, can you just get me a, a super nice place near the water in Santa Barbara? And boom, you just take care of it. You start taking care of the details. Yeah. You call up and you let them know, what your travel plans are, what you want to do, how large of a house, how small of a home, or if you want to stay at a hotel. Um, so we mm. have a lot of hotel partners. Mm. So there is a infinite amount of ways um, that we mm. um, here, um, put together these vacations for mm. folks. Well, yeah. Okay, very yeah. good. I, yeah. I, like, I like the idea. My wife and I have done VRBO many times. Mm -hmm. um, you know what the you know what the biggest pain in the ass is for VRBO for me. I don't know if mm -hmm. I don't know how, if you guys have rectified this or fixed this, but the mm -hmm. biggest pain in the ass for VRBO is you get there, you set your bags down, then you got to go to the grocery store and get <sighs> stuff. Like I, I that part is annoying for me. Do you have that fixed? <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, we do actually. Okay. You All don't. Right. Um, we will actually do the shopping for you before Oof. you get there. Uh, nice. <laughs> shopping list. Nice. I, I, I went to Mexico uh, this summer with some friends recently in one of my fam trips. And uh, we did just that. Um, this is the house stock for eight people. Nice. Um, we had there a chef who made us breakfast every morning. <laughs> what? Oh, oh on-site yeah. chefs. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> trust me, Steve, this, what? we oh. definitely, that is our niche. <laughs>
Now, if yeah. this podcast hits a certain peak, you're going to have to talk to your bosses over there and make sure Ryder <laughs> right. Flex gets on the fam trip list. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's it. By yeah. the way, I, I loved how when I was studying you and studying uh, the company, I loved how they have a full page like dedicated to perks and benefits of the company and all the cool reasons to work there. I thought that was great, by the way. Yeah. Uh, really, it looks like a great culture uh, for the for the company. Uh, you've been there six years, so the culture must yeah. be pretty good, huh? I, I'm enjoying it. You know, um, it, it remains a, a challenge in a good way. Um, I have a great team. I really mm. do. Um, mm. And I, I believe that the leadership uh, understands this sector of travel. Mm. And, mm. I, and I believe that they, they have a good uh, vision for where we want to take the company. So it on, makes it on, easy. On the security side, would you consider yourself a security expert at this point? I mean, is that is that fair? I would say I'm a security. Yeah, from from a uh, administrative and 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 um, okay. and uh, strategy perspective, yeah. Do I have to? How worried should I be um, as a small as a as a so? So let me give you a little background here. So RiderFlex, our recruiting firm, our day job, because RiderFlex yeah. is a recruiting firm. The podcast is something we do on the side. We have, I don't know, 100,000 candidates in our database. Um, we have, uh, we're, we're, we're entirely on Google, right? Like all of our documents are on Google. Like we don't, mm -hmm. and all of our people work remotely. Um, should that, like, should I be scared every day that I'm going to get hacked by the Chinese or what? 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 <laughs> You know, there's like two, there are two schools of thought, right, with security right now. One one school is always be on edge and you know kind of operate in this state of frenzy, right, where mm -hmm. something's going to happen. The the other school um, that I kind of ascribe to is I'm going to do and it, and and companies should do everything within their power to do correctly, right? Um, let's do our technical push-ups every day. Compliance guides what we need to do, right? This is where you need to be. But the daily activities of making sure those things are done is where most companies fail and mm -hmm. where most things happen. So I would say no. I would say put a North Star there for, you, for your compliance level and B, um, follow them through. Chances are that none of us will get out clean. Okay. When I, that's... That's just how it is. Um, okay. Okay. You know, Good to know. And, Good to know. and there's, there's plenty of evidence of that from, you know, the government, government, state department on down to a three person business at this point has been at some, it, it, mm. hacked at some level. So you just want to, can you see how many times a day you got, or how many times a week you guys are, can you, can you, do you have like, Oh some, yeah, constantly. Some, oh, really? really? I keep a, uh, a, uh, second monitor to, <laughs> to the right of me, quite honestly that has our software that does this type of uh, um, monitoring of threats in our environment to wow. my right. And wow. so I kind of, I kind of look at it in my peripheral every day, all day. That is, that is interesting. <laughs> and what, what are they, tr when I say they, I don't, I don't really know who they, I don't know the bad guys, what are they after? Like most of the time, you know, information, well, obviously, information, I will say that, but I'll drill down because there people think that they're, they're just big nebulous attackers, like they don't have a, a reason for doing it. They're just going out there to see what they can find. Mm -hmm. That's not true. They're very targeted. So when companies, let's say, 
are looking at a company that has a lot of uh, member data or information about um, someone's habits, mm. then they start looking at hospitality companies. Um, Marriott, you know, recently, a couple of years ago was it, where they're looking for that information um, mm. and they mm. sell that information or use that information themselves um, to either get, go in deeper to someone's life and, and cause another crime or, or, mm. or perpetrate mm. another crime. So a lot of times it's at the beginning mm. what they want, information. Wow. You know, I do worry about it. I guess yeah. as a CEO and a founder of a small business, I'm, of course, as a, as a, as a startup founder, you're worried all the time anyway, about everything, yeah. but <laughs> security wise, I do worry uh, about that, but I, but I also don't want to be afraid to take action and move forward. Like I have to, I have right. to live, right. I got, I got to charge forward. I mean, yeah. You know. <laughs> and, and yeah, it is. And you know, everyone has a method for how they feel you should do security. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I have talked to many, you know, um, contractors, many folks who specialize in security. Well, you should do this. Well, you shouldn't do that. I don't like this program. I think this piece of software does it better. At the end of the day, I have our North Star. I have what's important to us. And I'm going to de deploy the software and the resources that I feel helps us best meet it. And that's mm -hmm. just the best you can do. What's the stickiest situation you've ever come across, not just uh, at Inspirato, but just career-wise? Give me, give me a story where yeah, you got into a battle and a security thing where somebody got some information or something. You got a good story Oof. for us you know, without Oof. sharing specific names? I have a really good one, but I can't talk about these folks. Um, I will say a <laughs> uh, okay. really good one. Uh, I will say this one. Um, I think um, there, have, there was a time um, in two, two iterations back um, where – the attack came from inside. It was an internal oh, oh, uh, really? attack. Yes, and that was a little bit before you really had to focus on folks like uh, Veronis and other tools that help you kind of um, uh, be able to look at the internal part of a network. This was mm -hmm. probably about 10 years ago. So mm -hmm. um, it was difficult to, to track that down. The scary mm -hmm. thing is that it went on for a while. It would stop. Uh, then it would start again because we just didn't have the tools to know that it was coming from from the inside. And did you did you so you, did you finally knew it was coming from the inside? And then did it take you another few months to figure out who it was? It did. We had to hire some outside uh, security wow. folks to actually come in and wow. do uh, um, some forensics on it. But we actually hired one on staff. Um, that I actually hired as a technician. He was actually a security person who was looking for that person, but we said he's a technician as to not cause suspicion. Um, oh, and they were able oh. to track that individual down. Wow. And let yeah. me guess, yeah. let me guess, the individual was doing it because they were pissed off at their boss about whatever and they blah, blah, blah. They were actually taking small increments of money. Oh, I and see. Uh, yeah, um, evidently they were under some financial pressure <laughs> because of some other activities, uh, illegal activities, <laughs> and that was the motivation. But I never knew that this person even had that type of computer skills, and that was the scary thing about it. So it was nobody in IT. This was someone oh, in a oh. completely, yeah, this was someone in a completely different department, nowhere associated with technology, and that was the <sighs> scary thing.
Meanwhile, then for months, you're looking at your own IT team thinking one of these people on my IT team has to be one of these people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. That, oh, that's wild. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I appreciate you you sharing that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to move into uh, another topic here because I know you mentioned diversity and inclusion on the little video that's on Inspirato. Like, they have this nice little video where everybody's talking and you're on there, by the way, you're yeah. looking good. You're looking good on camera. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, and you guys seem to have a great culture there at that company and diversity and inclusion seem to be important. I'd like to ask you some things about that topic. Sure. Um, first of all, I guess the first question would be, what is, when you hear the term diversity and inclusion, what does that mean to you as an individual? Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, you know, it's a great question because I think I've kind of reached a point where it is, we have to be be careful because it just is a term, right? And I don't mm-hmm. want it just to become a term. Mm-hmm. And when I hear it now, it mm-hmm. kind of just is a term, mm-hmm. right? Yes. To be honest, DNI just rolls off the lips. It uh, does. It does. I, I, I personally look forward to the day that we don't need it. And I say that because that's what I'm looking forward to. So we don't even need it, uh, that mm. we just kind of do. But it, it, it means to me in practice, when it's practice, um, a real um, awareness um, of who's around, what's around, where you live, and how people are important. Um, Everyone's important um, where you are. To me, it's a, it's, a, it's a real awareness, a deep awareness, not cerebral, let me check the box, or I have to do mm. this, or I have to attend that. And it becomes drudgery, but just an awareness. And that's the way I see it. Okay, very good. So does it, let me ask you this. Does it mean to you, um, or do you, do you ever think, okay, diversity and inclusion is important. I need to make another hire. I need to hire somebody else on my team in the IT department. Mm-hmm. Let me look at uh, the makeup of my department. Okay, I got five white guys over here. I got mm-hmm. three three white females. I got one Hispanic female. I got two black males. Whatever what are you looking, mm-hmm. do you look at your team makeup and then make decisions thinking, okay, we need to be more balanced. We, like we don't have any Hispanics on our team, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm going to make sure I hire a Hispanic person. Mm-hmm. Do you ever look at it that way or no? I do. Um, okay. I do look at my teams and I do try to, um, not try to, but I do um, find ways to attract diverse talent, right? Um, I'm very active outside of uh, technology spaces mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I go to various different um, community groups. And when, when I have an opportunity open, I shop it to them. I want to expose them to let them know here, this is what we have. And I want to bring those uh, other cultures in. I think it enriches the team. I think it keeps us all from a point where we all come from a same background, even if if we think in terms of different countries, right? Just being an American, (laughs) choosing someone else who grew up in American culture. You and I never met until today. 
But I guarantee you, if we sit down for another 30 minutes, we probably have a lot in common just by mm-hmm. how we grew up, right? Mm-hmm. Two different mm-hmm. races. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I'm not sure if you're from Texas or not. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, close enough. Uh, that's, uh, I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that, but I, gar- I guarantee you, just because we're American, and I found a lot of value in even in making an effort to get folks who came who grew up in Venezuela have, uh, mm-hmm. or who grew up in Dominican Republic, watching the work ethic, watching the different types of communication. I think it strengthens a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do make an effort for that. Um, it's not like I wouldn't hire someone uh, like holding out until I get a diverse candidate, but I make the effort to put it out there. That is so well said. So I want to just pause right here for the listeners. So th- this is a, this is a key moment. So, it's interesting. You said, I make sure that I attend the right groups, the right functions, uh, go to the right conferences, whatever, to make sure I shop it. Like I, I announced to this group, or I want to make sure, I want to make sure this organization over here knows about this opening so that I'm shopping it to the right groups so that they know about it and have an opportunity to raise their hand and say, I'm, I'm interested. That right there is so key and here's why so as a recruiting firm right as a ceo of a recruiting firm i know already from experience if we post if i post a ceo job let's say we got a ceo search going on Mm -hmm. i can guarantee you that 96 percent of the applicants that we get coming inbound will be all white males right like we'll get very few females, very few minorities. I mean, we've probably done, I don't know, five or six sea uh, level searches this last 12 months. Mm. And I, I shit you not out. Like, do you know how many black, black males applied for those? How many? Almost zero. Almost I'm zero. Not to, I'm not shocked. And so to your point, I think the key right here, what you said, which I, which I love is you got to make sure that you're announcing in the right areas and the right groups and shopping it to the right people so that they know right about it and you're shaking bushes in the right in the right places to, to get the awareness out there that mm-hmm. is critical yeah I, i'm i'm glad to hear it. that's kind of where it is I, i'll say this um we were looking to bring more diversity into to this company and i would say well in colorado if we're looking in the same couple of spaces Mm-hmm. then are the number of um, black or minority candidates that are going to apply are going to be relatively low, right? Tiny. Right. Yep. Tiny. Yep. It's, it just is. Yep. What I did was create a pipeline with partnership with my alma mater. Uh, mm. Wiley, I took a trip down there mm. with a member of HR. We stood there, we met kids, uh, shook their hands, looked at their resumes and we brought that young man in. He's now mm. a member of my team, actually. But Great. we had to create those pipelines. And that's another huge um, chasm there because there is so much talent out there. But if the mm. pipelines are in the same spots, we're going to have the same outcome, right? What's the saying? If you do the same thing every day and accept and expect a different outcome, that's insanity. And that's kind of where, where we are. Totally agree. I could not agree more. Great move on your part, by the way, to do that. Um, I think that's a great movie because you're right. Cause Colorado, let's just use Colorado as an example. I mean, uh, 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 percentage of white, black, Hispanic in Colorado, 
I mean, I don't know uh, uh, percentage of black people in Colorado. It's it's small, tiny. Yeah, it's around three percent, maybe a little bit 3%. higher than three percent. Yeah, yeah. So three percent. So if you're looking for diversity on that, you have to go out. You have to make efforts to go out and find it. And I think the other thing you said there, which I loved, was it doesn't mean if if you get a Hispanic female and a black male and you're interviewing them and they're both sharp or whatever mm-hmm. you're not you're not saying hey i'm going to pick the black male on on purpose no matter what you're saying i just want to make sure right that the black male is in the interview <laughs> that's right to the table i had someone ask me that i presented at uh, uh talking about diversity inclusion at this it summit uh, recently and someone asked me that i said well you hiring someone because they're black and they're not on unqual- and they're not qualified. Yeah. You're not helping yeah. the situation at all, yeah. right? No. Because for every, no. yeah. if you hire a black person that's unqualified, guess what you're doing? You're taking it away from a black person that is qualified or a white person that's qualified, Good point. right? Yeah. So it's not about you pulling the trigger just because to have that. It's about, to your point, getting to the table and having a voice. That is so, that is such good stuff. You know, one of the things, um, cause, cause I'll be, cause, you know, to be perfectly honest, I targeted yeah. you, I targeted you specifically, right? I'll take I, that. <laughs> I, I targeted you because, because we, I'm very conscious now, even more than I used to be. Yeah. When we first, when we first started the podcast, I remember when we first started the Rider Flex podcast, I don't know, our first 20 guests were all just white guys that I, that I knew, like they were in my circle, right? This yeah. friends of mine, like friends of mine, like I didn't even think about it. Like my head was never thinking about diversity. I was just calling people I knew. Well, right. yeah. I'm calling the guys I hung out with other business owners. I knew, right. Sure. And we, and we get about, we get about 20 or 30 guests in and I get this great lady who ended up being a podcast on the guest. She's wonderful. I won't, I won't mention her name, but she gets on, she gets me on the phone. She goes, Steve, you know, she goes, you know, your, your podcast is like all just white dudes. Right. And I, <laughs> And I, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, yeah, I guess it is. Like, I, I didn't, uh, thanks, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's, but, you know, that is kind of the way that we move in society, yes. right? Um, I'll say growing up in Houston, Texas, um, I, was very, I, was, I went to predominantly all black um, elementary, middle, high school, and invariably I went to a black college. That was mm-hmm. my circle. Um, mm. and, and, uh, those are the folks around. That was my network. When I moved here into, to, to Colorado, that started expanding a lot more. Oh, right. Big time. I mean, that's completely different. Yeah. Completely different. You Huge. went from, you went from, you went from like 75% on one side to 3%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. It is. That was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that kind of changed and, you know, now consequently my, my mentors, um, are, are white, uh, men, uh, and uh, some of the best friendships that I have, I think we we have to push ourselves to go out of those circles because mm-hmm. they're naturally comfortable. Um, and it's and and when you push yourself to really kind of go out of the circle, not and I've had people do it well, just going and looking for I need some a black friend. You know, that's not the case. But put yourself <laughs> in a situation where you're learning more about uh, uh, someone different, and, and and it really is enriching. You know, it is, isn't it? It just really expands your whole mind. Uh, you're, you're the way you think. The, you just learn so much. I had uh, a friend of mine recently. Um, I was talking to her. She's she's uh, lesbian uh, and married to a, another friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And she was teaching me 
about the whole pronoun thing, right? The whole pronoun mm-hmm. thing. And I was, I was asking her questions. I was like, okay, so what does this mean? I, I see these parentheses and this and that and this and that. And she, I mean, Al, she just like opened my eyes to like things. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. what that means. Oh, that's what this means. That's what the intent of this is. You're right. If you just expand your, your circle just a little bit, you can really be enlightened to so many things. And I, she spent like 15 minutes with me, educating me. I called my partner, Scott. I'm like, I said, I said, bro, I said, holy shit. Did you know this, 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 and this? And he goes, huh? Mm -hmm. He goes, I didn't know that. And then my Mm -hmm. wife comes home, my wife comes home and I'm telling my wife these things. My wife's like, I didn't know that. I'm like, well, Uh we got, we, we have to like, we have to get out of our our little little inner circle here and expand our minds a little bit. Right, you do. <laughs> what yeah. what's um what what's the goal for Al? I, do you want to? Are you looking to be? I mean, do you want to continue to advance to CIO, CTO for a Fortune 500 company, CEO? Like, what's your goal? I know that I know your bosses might end up listening to this. Particular oh, that's episode. okay. Yeah, no, they now, listen. There's there's no secret there i i I want uh i'm looking to advance to the c-level role right because that for me 26 years in um is is my want to be my natural progression um and i want to be in those i I, i'm not necessarily going for the fortune 500 um i like i like medium level businesses okay yeah, okay. um, I'm totally, this is kind of my space. I enjoy uh, high growth companies. I enjoy small to medium companies that are trying to get there. That's what gets my blood pumping. Um, nice. All right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I want to be good. at there. Yeah. Um, when you get to be the C-level person, let me ask you this. This is another, this is another fun topic I like asking uh, executives about. Should C-level folks for companies be on social media raising the, the flag to say, I believe this, I believe that about whatever topic, like no specific topic, just any, any, um, any, any topic, right? Just pick one. Should CEOs be like, hey, you know, we're a fan of purple and I don't, and if you're a fan of yellow, you're bad or should CEOs be doing that? What are your thoughts? I'm not big on that. Okay. Um, Okay. I had a I had a CEO during the whole um, of a pretty sizable company here in, in Colorado that I became friends with um, okay. over cigars. And he asked me, well, I'm going back and forth with putting something about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I told him, honestly, I said, save the words. Don't put you don't save the words. I said, mm-hmm. the words mm-hmm. aren't what's needed. Mm action is what's needed and if you're going to put your energy behind anything anything put your energy behind educating your staff exposing your staff and talking to your staff about how you can make a difference save the Mm -hmm. words we don't need the we don't need a slogan slogans are plenty out there let's do it and uh, (laughs) that goes that goes back to what you were saying earlier the whole diversity and inclusion rolls off the tongue of everybody everybody likes to say it but what really matters is actions action action <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i uh you know my thoughts on that are i i get annoyed when ceos or or founders are taking a side on social media yeah. for a topic just to get marketing for their company. right right you know, and there's there's actually a, a there's a selfish intent there it's not really because they give a shit or they're just like oh, i'm no. just 
this will get attention for our brand or whatever. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. Uh, it's a kind of a pet peeve. I, I don't, don't like Yeah, I'm not big on that. A <laughs> uh, cu- couple of more uh, questions here for sure. you. Um, as an IT security guy, should employees be monitored when they work from home? Should they have like a, should we have a camera on them? Should we have like a timer? How, how many, how many hours are are they on their laptop? Like what, how far should that go? Yeah. In my opinion, it should go as far as you need it to go in order to maintain a secure environment and ensure that your data is not unnecessarily exposed. Mm. So it depends. What do I actually need to monitor? I don't monitor anything that we don't need to, right? I'm not okay. looking for everything that comes in and out on your Google uh, search, unless okay. a word triggers something that could expose. Mm. Um, and most people, to be honest, actually do it unintentionally. And those are the ones that put companies at greater, greatest risk. When you visit places you shouldn't, it's not that I care about what you do on your time, because I honestly don't. You know, mm. people say that, well, you're watching my stuff. No, trust me, I could care less. Right? <laughs> like I have, <laughs> I, but I am concerned if you're going places that expose us. So yeah, as far as you need to. Interesting. So you're not, you're not like, Hey, Johnny, I saw that you were on Facebook today for 20 minutes. There's none mm-hmm. of that. Not, not oh. my concern. Um, unless Johnny downloads something from Facebook in which place mm. the what's on his laptop is, is there to prevent him him or her from doing it, right? Mm. Or if the manager reaches out and more and is like, you know, so and so is excessive amount of time. But other than that, I, I at this stage, I think it's a losing battle because this almost the culture that we're in. There is a should be an expectation that um, employees are going to use these different types of mediums. I think on the back end is IT and security. We just have to make sure we have the tools in place to a be alerted and b take action isn't it isn't it interesting i remember so i was the president and ceo of a 40 million dollar company uh, out in maryland back in uh 2010 mm-hmm. and i can remember then as an executive getting irritated and pissed if i found out employees were on facebook while at work i remember that mm-hmm. being an issue like oh these mm-hmm. You know, people are wasting their time on this freaking social media. I need them to do their work. Now, now, here we are 10 years later, and I'm begging my employees to go on (laughs) social media and talk about our company and market it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's funny how that, how that works, but that's kind of how it is now because it's a, it's a, it's a never ending cycle of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Uh, How about this one? Um, Appreciate you letting me ask you these 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 sensitive questions because a lot of CEOs and, and VPs like you are being faced with these decisions. What about this? If you were the CEO of your own company right now, are you going to mandate vaccinations? Are you going to mandate masks? Are you going to make them come to the office? Are you going to let them work remote? If you what what what's Al doing? And I realize now, yeah. just for the listeners, let me set the stage just real quickly. I'm asking Al this on November 24th, 2021, keeping in mind that there's a current uh, initiative from the Biden administration to possibly force 
companies to do it coming out January 4th, but that's already being pushed back on by certain governors. So it's still at play. So I just want to set that stage. Yeah. So everybody understands. Okay. Now, yeah. What, what's Al sure. doing? <laughs> As the CEO of Alcorp, uh, not Inspirato, but Alcorp, uh, I do mandate it um, if you want to be in the office. Okay. 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 Um, because I think the, the benefit outweighs the risk, um, mm. in, in mm. my opinion. Um, and I would see it as my responsibility to protect those individuals uh, okay. who are coming in to do my work, right? Okay. All um, right. If you want, you're, you're remote, I have no control over that, and that's fine. But if you want to come in, then yeah. I would what if I'm what if I'm remote, mm -hmm. but I have to come to the office once a month to uh, be in a meeting? Do I? Yeah, do you need to. You need a couple yeah. shots then. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna break okay. this plane, uh, the door, you you you're gonna have to get okay. the shots. Uh, that's do I have fine. to wear Do I have to wear a mask? If you have the shots, I would say no. But if you're comfortable with it, you should. Um, I still wear mask in meetings. I'm fully back. Matter of fact, I got my booster three weeks ago. Okay. Um, but I still wear a mask. Um, and it's just my my level of uh, comfort um, with it. Okay. Um, okay. And from where I am from, a, you know, I just, I don't know, I'm still comfortable with doing it. And I kind of like the fact that last year I didn't get sick at all, not even a cold. And probably oh. due to that, that, you know, wearing that mask, there's something to it. I was like, uh, I didn't realize I didn't get sick at all. So. Ah, good point. That's a good point. No rush that's, a good, to take it off. that's a good point. <laughs> well, uh, what about this? Where do, where do you think this remote work is going? Do you think, do you see, um, what do you see in the future? Ah, yeah, I love it. that question because I think people are going to want to come back and be together. Oh, do you? Okay. I think it'll remain a healthy hybrid situation, but folks by and large right now want to interact with each other. They want that interaction. I think we're going through a period of adjustment. Everyone's trying to deal with it mentally and the best way we can. So separation makes sense. But as we come on the, north side of this wherever whatever this is i think mm -hmm. folks will come together i don't think it will remain i don't know just indefinitely mass amounts of folks working from home i just i just don't see that part of human okay. behavior yeah okay all right last two questions i know we're almost out of time yeah uh, great career so far by the way congratulations on everything you've Thank done you. so far you're moving right along you probably will you probably are going to hit the sea level pretty soon I hope so. Uh, you know, you're headed that you're headed that way. Um, but based on what you have learned so far, mm -hmm. if you could call the your 21 year old self coming out of college and tell the young Al anything based on what you've learned, what would you say? Mm. Very good question, Steve. Um, be patient. Mm. I've missed some opportunities from being impatient and okay. I've missed some good uh, uh, potential opportunities of being impatient. So be patient. Okay. All right. Very good. Last question. Now at this stage, at this age, if you could define your core purpose in life and maybe a sentence, why is Al walking around on this, this, this planet? What, what's Al's core purpose for right now moving forward? Hmm. I want to lift as I climb. Ooh, 
that's a good one. I like that. What What's very, very, very important to me, what makes me absolutely excited and energized is being able to reach back or reach sideways and bring someone with me. I love seeing people who work on my team advance, even if you advance beyond me. That excites me. Mm. I want to lift as I climb. That is great. Oh, I have not heard that line. I'm going to have to use that one. I'm, I'm stealing that. I'm going to use that, yeah. Al. That's good. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is uh, 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 a phrase that I, I learned some time ago, and it, but it does embody where, 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 I, where I am from. It's a fraternal phrase, actually. <laughs> Love it. Al, thank you so much for yeah. being on the Rider Flex podcast and, and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. I've had a great time. Thanks for the questions. It was a lot of fun.